Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Cupcakes. Everybody just, they normally take the little wrapper off and then they just bite it. But then you don't have all the icing evenly distributed. So what you're going to do is you're going to take the little bottom off and then make a little cupcake sandwich. Bada bing, bada boom. Now you got even distribution. Mm. A trendy video, I'm told, of a guy instructing us how to eat cupcakes. So you cut off uh, the, the, the uh, chunk of the bottom of the cupcake so that the, 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 the top to cake ratio is better? Is that it? The uh, fasting always, sprinkles? I've always felt like I've achieved a fine ratio without doing that. Mr. Simpson, a Snickers is not a sprinkle. <laughs> That's our third Simpsons reference of the day. <laughs> Ah, beautiful. So, so much stuff to get to today. We're going to have to go swiftly. Bingo, bango, bongo. First of all, I want to salute a young man, Officer Pedro Garcia of the San Jose Police Department, who pulled a driver out of a burning car on a California highway, beautiful Highway 101. Uh, guys, eight months out of the academy, um, he, he saw the, 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 the flames, the car, people said there's somebody inside, so he, without hesitation, just d- d- took care of that. Awesome. Pulled somebody to safety, saved a life. Every time a, a cop steps out of line, you hear about it a thousand times, well, here's a friggin' hero. Excellent well point. done, Officer Garcia. Well done, sir. Um, also, in the always exciting Bay Area, California, we'll start there. This is a story about drug overdoses, which has been so overshadowed by the Chinese bat fever. And it took a global pandemic to overshadow the drug crisis because it has reached, you got to be kidding, uh, proportions. And they're talking about the, I mean, the, the drug overdoses have killed so many more people in, in uh, San Francisco and the Bay Area than COVID. It's not even close. And they go through all sorts of insane statistics where there's already about 460 overdoses this year. Um, just under last year, which was a crazy record uh, by the end of the year. Um, the peak uh, came in January of this year when 76 people died, 76, and 70 of them had fentanyl in their system. Um, it's still bad. And, and then they get, of course, in the San Francisco Chronicle into what's causing this. And, and they hit some of the usual suspects like uh, income inequality, housing shortages, and systemic racism as they continue to double and triple down on policies that make it as easy, convenient, and comfortable as possible to be a drug addict. And then they're shocked when people become drug addicts or stay drug addicts and and, uh, eventually overdose. And they're spending millions and millions of dollars on it, and they still have people just dropping like flies. So, you have that. Exhibit number two. The DEA is warning about fentanyl and meth-laced mm. pills. I saw that. Flooding across the country. We had more than 93,000 overdose deaths last year wow. nationally. Over 93,000, which is an increase of almost 30% from the previous year. I, so you got murders and drug overdoses up 30%. Good friend of our family. Her daughter overdosed, died. Oh. 
It's so sad yeah. because the, the people think they know what they're getting. And the, the public safety alert is about these counterfeit pills often sold on social media or e-commerce sites, uh, increasingly contain fentanyl, sometimes methamphetamine. And so people don't know what they're taking. Okay, slow down. There's the part where I'm getting confused. This okay. part. Who's getting these pills? How? Like, am I at any risk if I'm just going to my CVS and getting my medicine that way? Or where are people getting their pills that, that are with have fentanyl in them? Wherever illegal drugs are sold. So it's an it's an a, 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 they're trying to get stuff illegally. Right. Exactly. It's, yeah. You it's, have an oxycodone habit and you buy it from okay, a dealer. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So they're not sneaking fentanyl stuff into the uh, Walgreens. Right. Okay. Indeed. So as yeah. long as I'm going to a Actual pharmacist. Yeah. At first, uh, the drug abuse and the death centered around prescription pain kills as Big Pharma farmed out some of the most dangerous stuff ever seen on a pharmacy shelf and claimed it was fine. Never forget. In recent years, the death toll has risen sharply in part, uh, fueled in large part by fentanyl, which we've all heard about, which is uh, absolutely incredible. So, you know, if you or a, f- a loved one has a habit, you know, we're rooting for you to get clean. Um, it's twice as dangerous. It may be 50 times more dangerous to have a pill habit than it was three years ago, five years ago. Yeah. Just keep it in mind. Maybe that'll help motivate you. And our final. Well, it was very deadly to be a, uh, an addict of any of these things when it was where you're getting the pure stuff and it killed people like crazy. Oh yeah. It's way more dangerous than car crashes now. Way, way, way more dangerous. And the final drug note. Uh, two fine folks, Andre Jesus Morales and Christine Ponce, were arrested in Southern California, according to the Riverside District Attorney's Office. They were charged in a massive drug bust that resulted in authorities seizing more than 46 pounds of an extremely lethal synthetic opioid. You've heard of fentanyl. Do you know carfentanyl? It's actually spelled differently, oddly enough. No. 46 pounds of this stuff, not to mention some coke and some heroin, but they say the drug is 10,000 times more potent than morphine, 100 times more potent than fentanyl. It's typically used to tranquilize elephants. And Wow. <laughs> now, keep, keep in mind now. Two Alex mil- in the newsroom, can you look up the average weight of an elephant for me? Sure can. It would be very helpful to know. 12,000 pounds. Really? Off the top of your head? It's something like that. African elephants, 12,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll Indian elephants, somewhat smaller. We'll see how close you are. That was uh, like... Uh, do you want African, Asian? Which one African are 12 to 15,000 pounds on average. Asian, more like 8 to uh, 11. Okay, so, Alex. Somebody get this man a cupcake. 13,000 of African bush elephant, Asian elephant, 8,800. Joe has always been really good at guessing the weights of zoo animals. <laughs> uh Elephants should not be in zoos, Jack. Um, I I was super into elephants as a kid. Still am. I wrote a paper about prehistoric elephants in fifth grade. Ask him about his full size back elephant tattoo. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. When I told my kids a couple weeks ago that there's a company a company in England serious about bringing back the woolly mammoth that's like the only thing my nine-year-old can talk about when he's in the bathtub let's talk some more about the woolly mammoth do you think it will i mean just every night (laughs) oh that's beautiful that that they discovered uh, the new dinosaur they discovered over the weekend the monkey dactyl have you heard about this oh look out um uh, a pterodactyl that's part it's got like a head of a monkey and opposable thumbs it's the oldest beast with opposable thumbs that they've ever discovered a monkey dactyl wow (laughs) they got to bring that back to life that sounds like something Dr. Frankenstein would sew together. 
I, That's crazy. Uh, so the, po- the reason we had started to you have a giant- anyway. Well, if <laughs> if you if your boys want to form, uh, I'll, I'll form a woolly mammoth enthusiast club, and they can be in it. But anyway, the fact that you've got a full elephant back tattoo is just fantastic. The, the reason yeah, absolutely, and he's wearing Ray Bans. People are taking drugs that are designed to put an elephant down. Yes, that should exactly. help you get over your day's problems. So, so listen to this math here. Two milligrams of fentanyl is enough to kill someone. Two milligrams. And this stuff is 100 times more potent than fentanyl. Oh. And they had 46 pounds of it, enough to kill more than 50 million people. So the goal of a drug dealer is not to kill their clients. You That's a terrible you, business model. You don't, exactly. You don't make it works for McDonald's. You don't, um, you don't <laughs> they have attorneys, you idiot. <laughs> you don't make any money off of a dead drug addict as a drug dealer. So there's no upside from that standpoint. That's why I'm always just so Where did I first hear this story? Was it sixty minutes? Who did the story originally about China making fentanyl and getting in the United States to kill us off because they believe we're such a decadent, drug-addicted society. Here's a chance to kill off hundreds of thousands or millions of Americans. Is that what's going on? Because like I said, the drug dealers, there's no advantage to them. Well, I think the Chinese are absolutely enthusiastic about that goal. I think that from the point of view of the drug dealers is you have an, an input, an ingredient. And it's much, much denser, more more powerful, so you have to ship much less of it. It's just much more convenient. And then you have to uh, actually formulate your pills. But the problem is the, the most infinitesimal mistake in this kills people. And it's killing 90,000 people a year in this country. So they're just they're not that good at it. Well, that sounds like the margin for error. Your quality control would have to be really, really high. Right, right. But again, I mean, if you're trying to make, uh, you know, 10,000 pills to get people high, uh, you need one one hundredth of the amount of carfentanil as you do even fentanyl, which is just mind-bogglingly powerful. So, again, it's a question of convenience. So, I've never been a drug guy for whatever reason. I just really, really liked booze. I mean, just so much. I it's good just, to have a hobby. You know, the, the, the things would come out at parties, and I was perfectly fine sitting in the corner with my booze. I'll drink all your booze. Well, you do whatever that is because I want all the booze. But um, <laughs> but so now if you're sitting around a, a party and people start to bring stuff out, there might be something there that's going to kill somebody instantly. Absolutely. Which is why every city in the country is distributing Narcan to whoever wants it. That's that nasal spray that will revive you from an overdose. Um, yeah, it's, it's a horrific problem. Like I said, only the Chinese bat fever could overshadow this story. You know, it's an enormous story. It's a, it's a, it's a public health just catastrophe. That's interesting. And this is the age of hyperbole. That's not a hyperbole. Hmm. Don't do drugs, kids. Um. So things coming up. We got to check in more with um the hearings from yesterday and going on again today with General Miller and the Secretary of Defense about Afghanistan and the Woodward book and everything. There's some more good stuff that maybe you haven't heard. Also. We have a new richest man in the world who says he's going to send Jeff Bezos a silver medal for second place. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. Because Jeffrey, Be- Jeffrey Bezos is now the second richest man in the world. Uh-huh. And it ain't even close. Uh, so all that's coming up next. Armstrong and Getty.
Armstrong and Getty Show. We're going to get more into the uh, hearings going on yesterday and today where they're grilling uh, General Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, also um, uh, the Secretary of Defense Austin about Afghanistan and the Woodward book and all that sort of stuff. And there's some contradictions that the White House is having to deal with. And we'll talk about that coming up some more. Uh, I haven't asked my financial advisor. Have you asked your financial advisor about Tesla stock? Last time I talked to him about it, and, and, and several years ago, he was like, oh, no, like, yeah, it's way over." priced and so i just kind of forgot about it but it, it keeps going up tesla is now worth more than the next seven car companies added together that's your ford gm toyota i mean all the biggest companies in the world wow. all added together and that's part of the reason i guess that tesla's ceo elon musk maybe you've heard of him is now worth you remember when the richest man in the world bill gates Got up to like thirty billion dollars, then it was like forty billion, and then Bezos came along and was worth fifty billion dollars. That's insane. Elon Musk, now the richest man in the world, two hundred and ten billion dollars. Wow, is wow. his worth because he's got so much Tesla stock, and the Tesla stock just keeps exploding. Elon Musk, for all we know, he's got six hundred and fifty dollars in his checking account. You know, because he right. hasn't sold that stock, but um. He uh, he surpassed Jeff Bezos to become the world's richest person. He said he's going to send the Amazon founder a silver medal and a giant statue of the number two. <laughs> I'm sending a giant statue of the digit two to Jeffrey B. along with a silver medal. He wrote in an email to Forbes after they announced he's the richest man in the world. Elon Musk doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that I'm sure he had to be told he's the richest man in the world. There, there have been people, there are plenty of billionaires who I think check their net worth on a regular basis because it's very important to them. Where they rank and everything. I don't think Elon Musk ever even thinks about it. He works like 90 hours a week to try to continue to make his spaceships and his cars better. He's just obsessed with that sort of thing. Well, Jack, I've allowed you to mention his name many times this segment. I'm going to ask you to stop because my heart is broken. Elon Musk has broken my heart. Okay, what do he do? He reassured everyone of Tesla's commitment to China, saying the automaker will continue to expand its investments in the country. Second time this month, he was highly complimentary of the nation that's imperative to his electrical vehicle company, saying it's, quote, a global leader in digitalization. Less than two weeks ago, Musk, during another pre-recorded stream, said Chinese automakers were most competitive in the world. My frank observation is that China spends a lot of resources and efforts applying the latest digital technologies in different industries, including the automobile industry, making China a global leader in digitalization. Tesla will continue to expand our investment and R&D efforts in China. Yeah, I I read some of that over the weekend, too, and I, I find it troubling. I mean, he just the reality is it's the biggest market in the world. Uh, and and if that takes off and goes electric cars, as people start to get into a situation where they can own cars, more and more people in that ginormous country, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that would change the fortunes of Tesla greatly. But it's just it's unsustainable. I don't I don't get this is a different topic now. I don't get these companies that think the future is China. It's not. We are going to decouple from China. It is going to happen. Or China will collapse economically in a way that so weakens the Communist Party that it evolves as a society. That is not out of the question. You got to lower your ideals of freedom if you want to suck on the warm teat of China. Well said, my friend. Um, Bezos, by the way, is worth $190 billion, so he's not that far behind. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. 
just I don't, I'm not trying to come off as a uh, Bernie Sanders here, and, you know, angry that there are billionaires, but the top billionaires have really expanded how far away they are from everybody else. Right. Well, it, they have truly global corporations. I'm a uh, a Tesla driver and owner now that doesn't have any Tesla stock. I don't know how common that is. I, I, mean, I probably should look into that, but it's it's clearly the future. I mean, as I drive this car, I just like I haven't purchased a cent of gas in a month and a half, and or or I haven't spent a cent on a, on on driving my car in like six weeks. And I just think, and there's no oil, there's no nothing. It's just it's clearly where it's going to go. I'm not mm-hmm. happy that it's going that direction. I like gas-powered cars, but I just think it is going to. Um, yeah, I don't really have... I don't care. It's fine with me. I don't care. I think some of the technology, technological challenges and uh, environmental challenges of electric vehicles are grossly underappreciated. Oh, yeah. But I'm just not worried about it. By the Bye. way, I'll mention this quickly because I mentioned it when you weren't with us uh, a couple weeks ago. Those charging places that they put at your local Target or downtown in your town to be so progressive and cool and taxpayers paid for them or the store had to pay for them to be there or whatever, they don't do freaking nothing. You can plug in for two hours and you'll get one mile worth of energy out of that. It's just a gesture. I was plugging into one at the Target the other day in my town where they're so proud of that sort of thing. And a guy in a Tesla said, don't bother. It's a waste of time. (laughs) So I didn't know that. But that's that's huh. what happens in downtowns all across America. They got the special parking spots too. So we're up with electric vehicles. Those things don't do really anything. Well, that explains why they're always that's always empty. Why they're always always empty. If you miss a chunk of the show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. White House is in damage control mode and pushing back hard on the accusation that President Biden lied in his interview with you about the military advice he received on Afghanistan. Press Secretary Jen Psaki saying there were other military advisors who supported the president's decision to withdraw all U.S. forces, though when I asked her who those advisors were, she wouldn't say. But she did emphasize that the president was heeding other warnings about what would happen if the U.S. left a residual force of troops in Afghanistan. They would inevitably come under attack from the Taliban requiring more troops to be sent in, and rather than ending the war, it would prolong it. The White House insists. Now, so that's interesting. That's ABC News. That's the network that George Stephanopoulos is on. So uh, their legal reporter saying the White House is pushing back on the suggestion that the president lied when he was talking to you. You remember it became a thing during the Trump administration to just flat out state they would have stated in the same situation Donald Trump lied yesterday when he told they would have just stated it as a lie. Sure. Uh, That's one of the great. And once you discover it, it is amusing how consistent it is. If the story is Republicans screwed up, the headline is Republicans screwed up. If the story is Democrats screwed up, the headline is Republicans accuse Democrats of screwing up. Right. So he goes with. The White House is pushing back on the suggestion that they lied, as opposed to just stating, Biden friggin' lied. <laughs> His generals told him to keep 2,500 tro- troops. He told jo- George Stephanopoulos, nobody told me, that I remember. Um, so he got that whole conversation. There's some interesting stuff that came out of the Senate hearing yesterday with General Milley, who is an advisor 
to the president. That's his job. And then with the secretary of defense. And there's more going on today with House members questioning him. But this back and forth with Tom Cotton, who was in the military himself, senator from Arkansas and General Milley. This is good. And clip 40, Michael. All right. I just got one final question. General Milley, I can only conclude that your advice about staying in Afghanistan was rejected. I'm shocked to learn that your advice wasn't sought until August 25th on staying past the August 31 deadline. I, I understand that you're the principal military advisor, that you advise, you don't decide, the president decides. But if all this is true, General Milley, why haven't you resigned? Senator, as a senior military officer, um, resigning is a really serious thing. It's a political act if I'm resigning in protest. My job is to provide advice. My statutory responsibility is to provide legal advice or best military advice to the president. And that's my legal requirement. That's what the law is. Um, the president doesn't have to agree with that advice. He doesn't have to make those decisions uh, just because we're generals. And it would be an incredible act of political defiance for a commissioned officer to just resign because my advice is not taken. This country doesn't want generals figuring out what orders we are going to accept and do or not. That's not our job. The principle of civilian control of the military is absolute. It's critical to this republic. In addition to that, just from a personal standpoint, you know, my, my dad didn't get a choice to resign at Iwo Jima. And those kids that are at Abbey Gate, they don't get a choice to resign. And I'm not going to turn my back on them. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to resign. They can't resign, so I'm not going to resign. There's no way. Uh, if the orders are illegal, we're in a different place. But if the orders are legal from civilian authority, I intend to carry them out. I thought that was really interesting. I thought it was interesting and an absolutely uh, uh, an eloquent and honorable answer to the question. Sure. Um, that doesn't let Joe Biden off the hook in any way for the fact that he told George Stephanopoulos, nobody told me that, that I recall. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's a laughable assertion. So, Which really makes you wonder, why? so dude, why didn't you say, yeah, I got that advice from most of my um, advisors, not all of them, but most of them. I just disagree. I think leaving is a good idea. Blah 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 blah. Well, and or say something like they gave me advice on what they thought was best militarily, but as a nation, I thought we were best served by getting out, and that residual force would have drawn fire, et cetera, et cetera. The war would have continued. But instead, he said nobody told me that. That I, I remember. A, right, a liar or senile or a senile liar or, or what? <laughs> Or, as you suggested earlier, that's a very lawyerly thing to say. I don't recall that. Yeah. I don't think it was an accident that he says, I don't recall anybody telling me that. I mean, it's just, I mean, anyway. Anyway, I I think that was a lesson for everybody about the way the whole thing works. They sit around and they give an elected official who's not in the military advice, and then they do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, it's in my cross, so I'll mention it. Tucker Carlson went off on uh, the general yesterday uh, for the uh, the China call and the rest of it. I thought he was completely unhinged. I disagree completely with his assessment. I don't know what he's up to, but the general or Tucker Carlson? The, 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 Tucker. I don't. I don't know. But it was just very strange. Like the stuff about the China call. Do you want to do more on the uh, the Joe Biden thing, or can I turn to the China call? Go ahead. Um. Yeah, let's let's talk about the the China call because I think it's what about the China call? What was that, Sean? Sean, Sean. <laughs> what about the Putin call? 
Right, exactly. Uh, so we'll uh, talk about the China call in just a moment. China! After, that's right, sir. After a word from our <laughs> beloved sponsor, Simply Safe Home Security, they have a so cool new wireless outdoor security camera. Any rando, any weirdo, any scumbag comes close to your house, you're going to have a fabulous high-def shot of them, their face, their license plate number, even if it happens at night. Get one of these in time for Halloween. Catch those neighborhood rascals TP in your tree in the front yard. Um, this cool camera system. I'm more interested in finding somebody who steals my bike or something. Yeah, um, miss, yeah Mrs. Kravitz. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Everything's in the 50s in black and white in my world. Um, so this ultra-wide 140-degree field-of-view camera where you can keep a look over your entire backyard or your entire front street or whatever, 1080 HD resolution, 8 times zoom, so you can zoom in on a license plate or a face, battery-operated, you don't need to be near an outlet, night vision, spotlight, very cool. Color night vision, which is really cool. Learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. And Simply Safe will knock 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You're going to like it. Super simple. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So the, uh, the Woodward book, which peril, you know, uh, old Bob Woodward, solid journalist. I think everybody agrees with that. He's, he's as old as Methuselah of the Bible. I mean, he reported on Washington's inauguration, but, um, he's, he's begun to slap on a little eyeshadow and lipstick and, and tart his books up a little. An bit. unknown source tells me Washington has wooden teeth. <laughs> So anyway, they made that claim about Millie uh, calling the Chinese and saying, we're not going to attack, I'll tell you if we're going to attack. Which is, roughly speaking, accurate, but it sounds way, way more provocative than it is. Um, Let's see, I'm scanning the... uh, Give me clip number 38, would you please, Michael? Respect to the Chinese calls, I routinely communicated with my counterpart, General Lee, with the knowledge and coordination of civilian oversight... I am specifically directed to communicate with the Chinese by Department of Defense guidance, the policy dialogue system. These military-to-military communications at the highest level are critical to the security of the United States in order to deconflict military actions, manage crisis, and present, prevent war between great powers that are armed with the world's most deadliest weapons. So, uh, I'll be vague. I have personal knowledge of the liaison oh, between boy. the American armed exclusive forces. Exclusive, an Armstrong and Getty exclusive. Not really. No, that, that's the point. It's not exclusive at all. And this is why, this, uh, Tucker Carlson was unhinged last night saying, Millie, take off those medals. You're a traitor to the country. That was, I like Tucker very much, and he's almost always right, but he was an unhinged. Anyway, that sort of liaison is routine with the great powers. And if intelligence comes that says, hey, China's freaking out, they think we're about to attack, not only is it appropriate for Milley with the Secretary of Defense, and he said 10 other staff members on the call, to call up and tell the Chinese, hey, we're not posturing to attack you. Everything's cool. Don't freak out. Well, let's play. Let's to play, not do that would be grossly negligent. Let's play 35 real quick to, uh, to, to continue on that point. Great. I know. I am certain that President Trump did not intend to attack the Chinese. And it is my directed responsibility, and it was my directed responsibility by the Secretary to convey that intent to the Chinese. My task at that time 
was to de-escalate. My message again was consistent. Stay calm, steady, and de-escalate. We are not going to attack you. So, so there's where I get a little bit confused. So, so did we? We had knowledge that the Chinese thought we would, and why? Why did they think that? Are they crazy? I mean, like if I go to my neighbor's house, knock on the door, hey, say, I just, just like you to know, I'm not intending to steal your car tonight. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. We, uh, uh, from what I'm told, we got intelligence that China was freaking out a bit about the un- instability in, in the U.S., the January 6th, the rest of it, and they thought, for whatever reason, the, the Trump might be contemplating an attack. Uh, they've had too many uh, crab rolls or something. That makes uh, that, that, what, what, what made them think that uh, a bunch of QAnon people attacking the Capitol was going to lead to Trump attacking China? That doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, you, don't, you don't have all their calculations. I mean... I don't do Chinese well, the, math. So. The, <laughs> the, you have played Chinese checkers, though, so you're not completely out of your depth. No, we, you'd have to <laughs> you'd have to figure out what their their calculations were to get to that conclusion. I don't have the slightest idea, but, but I don't doubt that it's true. Makes me think they're kind of like crazy people are incompetent that that they thought. Or maybe they read the New York Times, where well, the new Hitler was going to overthrow the nation, uh, right. cancel the Constitution, see, to see his dictatorial powers, and they believed it. Or at least they were concerned that it might be true. Anyway, I thought Milley saying as forcefully as he did yesterday, I did not think Trump was going to attack China. Right. As right. was kind of portrayed there when the blurbs from the book first came out. Well, and you can forgive people for not knowing that it, both through the State Department and the Department of Defense were in constant contact with our adversaries to avoid a miscalculation and a mistake, a mistake that could kill thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. So that happens all the time. If you didn't know that, that's cool. You, you don't have to know that. But it's true. And so Millie did not betray the country and, and liaison with the Chinese, you know, in betrayal of his, uh, you know, his vows and his oaths. That's ridiculous. Uh, we'll see what the fallout is from uh, Biden apparently lying to us all about the they get advice. But, well, you know, one final point on that that question, I, I made it briefly earlier, is that Joe Biden's performance thus far if you're going to be a sober observer of it, is exactly, sober. it is exactly what you'd expect. Gaff prone, make stuff up, scatterbrained, wrong about virtually every foreign policy question in the last four decades, et cetera, et cetera. Who expected anything different? And and if, if you did, why? Based on what? So the R. Kelly verdict came down over the weekend. Or we didn't talk much about that. We didn't talk at all about that. Guess who came to his defense? Bill Cosby. That's a good story. Good Lord, no. <laughs> With friends like that. That's like when O.J. puts out those TikTok videos where he tries to solve a murder. Get to read the room. G-money. <laughs> Among other things we've got on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Well, guys, there's a lot of drama in Washington, D.C. right now because if Congress doesn't pass a funding bill by midnight Thursday, the government will shut down. If there is a shutdown, that means TSA agents will probably have to work without pay. Well, it'll be weird when a TSA agent is patting you down like, I'm not in it for the money. <laughs> Wow, there you go. Uh, one uh, a reporter I trust said, talking to people on the Hill, they all know how this is going to turn out. Democrats know they have to vote for it. Obviously, they're going to have to do it alone. They're just trying to put Republicans in some pain rhetorically before it happens. So it, it's not going to happen. And any network talking about what will happen if the government shuts down, it's just flat-out clickbait nonsense. It's a ratings ploy. Yep. Yeah, so don't believe any of it. Yeah, R. Kelly, the singer, who I don't know that well. I only know his one song. You know, once that verdict came down and I read all about it, I couldn't get that stupid song out of my brain. He's the I Believe I Can Fly guy? He is. That's the song. He Um, had a bunch of hits if you're really into R&B of that period, I guess. I believe it. But anyway, he had been doing awful things to young women for many, many, many many years. Anyway, he got uh, convicted over the weekend. He's going to prison. He probably should. But Bill Cosby weighed in for some reason. Says R. Kelly got railroaded in his sex trafficking trial that ended Monday with guilty convictions. Cosby Good move, Cos. Cosby believes the pervy singer was screwed and that he wasn't going to catch a break during the trial. So thanks for weighing in on that, Bill Cosby. Because he's guilty? Like you said, it's. I wonder if Cosby just saw all the traction O.J. gets when O.J. weighs in on various murder verdicts. Just so weird. <laughs> Look for Bill Cosby's uh, Twitter account any any day now. I'm just gonna run. Damn. I'm gonna run through some things quickly. Two quick sports notes. Richard Sherman is signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think he's just trying to get as far away from his uh, his wife and uh, and uh, and, uh, and the house he beat on the door as he probably can. Oh boy. Um, San Jose. Oh, the other sports note is I came across this yesterday because you had mentioned the. I didn't realize we were almost to the playoffs in baseball. Season's almost over. Uh, there's a big feature on ESPN. The Giants have had Major League Baseball's best record for almost the entire season. Why is nobody talking about them? So, interesting. If you're a Giants I fan. what it's worth. Yeah. Um, but I don't hear it come up like, you know, mind share. Uh, the, San, go ahead. The San Francisco Giants have played 157 games, which means there's five left. They've already won 103 games. Yeah. The city of San Jose has become the largest U.S. city to ban the sale of menthol cigarettes and ending flavored tobacco sales with the theory that it's going to keep kids from smoking, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Flavored tobacco. The kids like it. Maybe you can explain this to me. I don't actually know Dog the Bounty Hunters Act. I never watched that show. Kind of seeped into my consciousness the way, you know, some characters do. I watched a few minutes of the show, I think. He's a for real bounty hunter. Yeah. Just super flamboyant, interesting guy. His late wife, I think she passed away from breast cancer or something like that. A huge blonde head of hair, large breasts, and just so they made great reality show fodder. So he's jumped into the whole Gabby Petito story. And he's going to set up camp in Florida in his search for Brian Landry. Um, He's noted that 50% of the time the parents know where their kids are, so that's true or not um but he uh, yeah i think that's true because he he chases uh bail jumpers and mom and dad know where junior's hiding out gotcha that's interesting that half the time the parents know where they are i don't know if that's the case here i don't i'll 
bet they don't know exactly where he is, but I'd be shocked if they weren't involved in the letting him slip away part. Like, really shocked. You know, I read an opinion piece by an expert in uh, spousal abuse that said this guy shows every sign of being the controlling uh, jealousy, defines himself by the relationship, he's angry, you know, he's the classic case. So who knows how many layers of crazy there are in his family. Good point. Good point. And I love these stories. Denmark's Kunsten Museum of Modern Art gave an artist named Jens Hanning $84,000. He gave them two blank canvases in return. Ah, uh, sounds like a ripoff to me. Did he claim that was art of some sort? Yeah. Ah, well, you got to know when to stop painting. That's what they say. Before you start, in his case, apparently. He said the uh, the artwork is a statement. The artwork is essentially about the working conditions of artists worldwide. It's a statement saying that we have the responsibility of questioning the structures that we're part of. And if these structures are completely unreasonable, we must break them. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Do you plead guilty or not guilty to fraud, sir? <laughs> 84 grand. And his art is two blank canvases that's talking about the structure of funding art in society worldwide. What do you say we run that up the flagpole? Let's not show up for the next three days and tell, you know, the various folks who are kind enough to write checks. Uh, yeah, it's a statement about the uh, conditions under which radio is produced these so days. So the museum director is wanting their money back. Others are arguing that it was a very brave artistic take for him to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they wouldn't be arguing that if that was their money. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Boy, President Obama said something interesting about immigration yesterday. Did you hear that? Armstrong and Getty.